All right, so uh, we're gonna go ahead and get started with healing school session four tonight. Um, during prayer school and actually during worship, uh, God was pretty specific with me about um, having Dakota share at the beginning too. Um, just because he said that Dakota has something that uh, you guys need to hear specifically about the area of healing and uh, standing in faith for your health and uh, living a life of divine health. So I didn't tell Dakota until about a minute and a half ago. So this will be, uh, yeah, everybody was here, but <laughs> everybody knows, but it was about a, a minute and a half ago. Yeah, for those of you who are not here, um, I told Dakota, so I just want him to be led by the Holy Ghost, take five or 10 minutes and uh, just tell us what God's been teaching him recently about healing, and then I will take over from there. So just let me know when you're done. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for this, uh, for this night. Um, God, I just thank you for this opportunity to share my heart. Um, please help me to, uh, you know, say what you want me to say and keep it short enough that I don't steal the whole thing from Josh here. Um, Father, we just thank you for what Michael said earlier. Uh, for for revelation light to flow, Father God, we thank you for, um, <laughs> we thank you for it in Jesus' name. I, I just ask, Father God, that you would uh, help me to articulate myself well, um, in Jesus' name, Amen. What are you doing to me? <laughs> I can't get enough volume out of this. This is Hello? <laughs> is everybody there? Can you hear me better now? I can't get this to go on my shirt. We're going to go down here with it. All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Is this good sounding? Ooh, I shouldn't touch it with my fingers. That's bad. Um, all right. So, like Josh said, uh, we're just going to go for it here. We're going to see how it goes. I'm going to tell you, I don't know, I think, well, most people here have heard this before, but uh, this is just where I felt like I needed to go. So um, for those of you who don't know, so just you guys, <laughs> um, and anybody who might be listening to this, I was sick for five and a half, six years. Um, my, we don't know what it was. I never went to the doctor. Um, because I'm a little bit stubborn. Uh, but it all kind of came to a head when I walked into Rama, um my first year. So, uh, like I said, I was really sick. I couldn't um, get up in the morning without being sick. Like, I would wake up, and I would be instantly, like, I would be throwing up and, like, just gross stuff. Um, which, which, for those of you who do not know this about Rama, Rama starts at like 8.30 in the morning, so mornings, that's a bad thing, because the mornings when I was sick. Um, and so, I started school, and I was like, all right, God, like, uh, I, I knew this is where he wanted me to go, um, mostly because at that point in my life, I was pretty, like, hard-headed and stubborn, and it was the one place that I didn't want to go. So, that's how I knew for sure that's where I was going. <laughs> um... And I, I actually, I did something really stupid, which is like, um, I went, I put out a fleece, which is not good, not biblical, don't do that. Um, but when I was at Rama, I was, I had injured my shoulder, we, and my brother and I, Stephen, who's not here, went to, uh, like, student weekend, and while we were there, we were at um, this thing called Synergy, and I told God, I was like, if you tell that guy up on that stage right now about my shoulder, and I get healed miraculously, 
like, I'll come here. And um, God was like, all right. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there, and the guy, he's, he starts going like this, like on the stage, starts messing with his shoulder. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, he's like, there's somebody here who has, you know, a problem in their, in their shoulder, and, and he's messing with it. And I'm like, I'm going to have to go to this school. <laughs> and uh, and, and then, then he starts moving the other shoulder, and I was like, oh, wrong shoulder, not me. That's not me, God, hallelujah, this ain't my school. <laughs> and so people got up, and they went up and got laid hands on them, and they got healed or whatever. It was awesome. And he starts walking around, preaching again, and then he goes, there's still somebody here. Who is it out here who's got a problem in, in their shoulder? What is going on? Like, why didn't you come up last time? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, maybe it is me, you know? And, and I was like, um, but he's still moving the wrong shoulder, so that's not, that can't be me. Like, God, you have to be more specific. And uh, the guy goes, okay, I'm sorry, I'm moving my wrong shoulder. As soon as I thought it. And I went, okay. And some more people got up, and I was like, oh, that was for them. It's not for me, it's for them. And, uh, and he goes, Okay, you guys, that's awesome that you came up. I'm, I'm happy that you came up. He goes, there's one more person here. He's like, you can't lift your arm past, like, right here. You heard it. And I was like, oh, okay. So I get up, and I got hands laid on me, and, like, I, I can move my arms now, right? Like, that's awesome. And uh, so anyways, I ended up at Rama. Health problems had never been a problem for me until I was just about to graduate, um, like, high school bad. Like, when I was really little, my stomach was kind of finicky, but it wasn't like I would wake up and be sick for no reason. It was because I had greasy pizza or something. Um, anyways, so I, I never really struggled with this. It was a new thing for me. Um, you know, like, like Mike Lynn, I grew up in this church my whole life, so I knew about healing. I knew about, you know, prosperity and whatever else, you know, tongues, all the fun stuff. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and so I was good. Like, I knew I was good. And um, so I got to Rama, and I'm at this school with the faith shield on top of it, you know. And uh, we're all about, you know, healing and Jesus' power and stuff. And I'm sick. Like, sick, sick. And I'm going to class, and um, <laughs> my first week, as if my stomach problem wasn't a problem already, my first day of, of like, like, the first day that I, not when I went to school, but my first day I was in Oklahoma, my roommates were like, let's go play football, man. And I was like, all right, let's go play football. And I busted my ankle. <laughs> so I walk into orientation on crutches. And, at, like, sick. And I'm at Rama, so, like, you know, you walk into orientation, all these little Ramas, they're like, oh, let me pray. You know? And they're like, like, everyone's praying for me, and which was fine. Like, I'm good with that. But, like, at the time, I'm like, I got faith. I can get off my leg. Like, I'm fine. And, uh, and... It's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. It was really frustrating at the time. Because people don't mean, they don't mean it like, how do I say this? They don't mean to be rude or obnoxious, right? Like, they're just excited, right? Like, little first years think they can, you know, whatever. And um, <laughs> I was a first year, so it's fine. But, but anyways, so, but, but they give you looks when you don't get healed, like it's your fault. Like, or at least that's how you feel. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, I was like, God, I don't want to ever be like that. I don't want to ever lay hands on somebody and then it be their fault that they didn't get healed. 
Like, that doesn't seem right to me, right? Like, it seems counterproductive <laughs> to building faith. And um, so anyways, so I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at school my first year, depressed, sick, bad week, bad month, bad year. Um, second year, I went back, joined prayer and healing school, usher squad. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, it was awesome. Um, I was still sick. Um, and I sat through hours and hours of healing teaching, good, solid teaching about healing. <laughs> and I would get up in the morning, and I would, sometimes I wasn't sick, but generally I would be sick. And um, my roommate would always wake up, and he'd be like, you going to school today? And I'd be like, I mean, I want to. I don't, also don't want to throw up in class. Because then you get everyone swarming you, just like, you know, <laughs> be gone! You know, it becomes like a demon thing. It's like, dude, I'm sick, man. But <laughs> I love Freeman. I love my time there. I, I really did. Um, but all that to say, I graduated Rama sick. I graduated from the faith school. Like, they have prayer and healing school. Like, people come from all over the world to come to prayer and healing school to get healed. Like, and it happens all the time. I saw people jump up out of wheelchairs. We had this lady that came in, um, and she had two crutches. She was, like, walking like this because she had busted both her legs in a car accident. We laid hands on her, and she was fine. She walked into Shiloh's that next, like, later on that day. I worked at Shiloh's. And... Um, most of you don't know where that is, but it's fine. It's a great place. It tastes so good. Those rolls are great. Um, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, but she came into Shiloh's totally fine. She walked right in, you know, didn't have her anything. We saw a guy while we were there. Um, he had had a stroke, and he couldn't speak, um, and he couldn't really communicate, obviously, because he couldn't speak. They laid hands on him, instantly healed. He could, he, it wasn't like he was, like, singing full songs, but he could have conversation. And I'm sick. And, it, you know, it's not like I'm not quoting the word. Like, it's not like I'm not believing God. And um, I promise the story gets better. <laughs> so I'm going to skip forward a little, a little bit because I graduate from Rama. I come home. I get married um, to my wife, my beautiful wife, Kara. Um, and I'm sick. <laughs> and I wasn't sick all the time um, at that point, but I was still struggling with it. And... Um, she graduated from Liberty University, and so we drove down so that she could walk. And uh, this is probably the, like, the worst part for me. Um, but everybody went, and it was really cool. Um, but we got there, and I was sick. And um, we were, like, at the field. Like, she was getting ready to walk. And my whole family and her whole family is watching her walk. And I'm in the bathroom throwing up, not getting to watch my wife graduate from college. And, uh, sorry. And um, I'm, in the, I'm in the bathroom, and i got to go happy again or I'm going to cry, so i um, got to tell a joke. Uh, <laughs> so I'm in the, this is a true story, though. I'm in the bathroom, and there's a person in the stall next to me. And I must have sounded like the craziest person in the world. It was, Jesus' name. <laughs> like, you know, like, 
like trying to get this thing under control, right? Like I'm like, you are not going to do this to me today. You are healed in the name of Jesus. Line up body in Jesus' name, right? And the person in the stall next to me, this is, I'm not exaggerating. The person in the stall next to me goes, everything okay? I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm good. And, uh, I come out, and my dad and I ended up, I think I, I caught, like, the end of one of the speakers, but um, it was Willie Robertson, actually. But anyways, um, it was pretty cool. Uh, but I say all that to say, um, it wasn't until I got it that my body started to line up. I knew it. I could see it. I believed that what the Bible said was true. But I didn't quite get it. I didn't have relationship with the truth. Right? Like, when, when the Bible says to know the word, it doesn't mean to have knowledge. It means to have relationship right. and intimacy with the word. Yeah. And um, I didn't have that. And I wish I could give everyone in the room uh, a little pill of, and now you have it. <laughs> but that's not how it works, right. right? Like, the only way to get revelation of the word is by spending time with it, yeah. in it, with it, yeah. devouring it. And then something amazing happens. When you speak the word of God with the revelation that you have behind it, the spirit of God does what it always does, which is confirms and executes the rhema word of God, Amen. the spoken word. Right. And so I'll just encourage you, like, um, I feel like that's what God has for me to say right now, so I'm just going to encourage you. Um, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say something, and I don't want you to, People get a little weird because of the way that I say things, and I apologize if you think that it's weird, but the Holy Spirit will always, because it's his job, execute the word of God right. when it is spoken in faith. Right. Every time. Um, I changed the way I was going to word that because I didn't want to offend anyone. <laughs> I was going to say he has to. But people get weird about that because then it sounds like you're telling God what to do. And that's not what it is. But that's revelation you have to get on your own. <laughs> it is his, it's his job. It's, it's, it's his part of the Godhead, among other right. things. Um, he's also a comforter. And he, and he guides us into all truth. And you know, There's other things that the Holy Spirit does. But part of his position in the Godhead is to execute the word of God. Right. Amen. So... If you do what the word says do, and if you spend time and you allow it to uh, saturate you, right? Like whatever it is that you're believing God for, whatever it is that, um, and it may not be for you. I just want to get that straight. Like uh, when I got that for me, when I got revelation of that for me, revelation of that for others was way easier. I had revelation for other people to get healed way before I got revelation for me to get healed. <laughs> 
Because when other people need to get healed, I don't feel what they feel. I'm not experiencing the flesh side of things on them. It's just like, man, be well in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Right? And they were because I totally believed it. I was totally convinced that their body didn't have a choice. It had to line up with the word of God. It was different when it was my body. So, yeah, just be encouraged. Allow the Holy Spirit to saturate you. Allow the word of God uh, to penetrate your heart. Spend time in relationship building with the word of God, which sounds weird, but it's true. You build relationship with, with the Godhead, and you also build relationship with the word. Amen. That's good stuff. I don't need the microphone. I know. I don't know where I put it. This is going to be a great recording. <laughs> Thank you, Dakota, for that. That was, uh, that was really good. It was really good. Um, I think it goes along pretty well with what um, with what I'm teaching tonight, actually. Too, you got a if you were there for prayer school, you Michael kind of preached healing school Sorry. message, but hey, you know that's all right. <laughs> I'm back there going like, should I talk about prayer or what should I talk about tonight? It's like she basically because when I, we don't really talk about like what the content of our messages are going to be, and God told me tonight to talk about meditating the Word of God. So, oh, okay, all right. So I guess we're uh, I guess we're there and about speaking the Word of God. So. Uh, that makes sense. I think I'm going to have Dakota take uh, one of the lessons from one of the next healing school lessons and have, have him preach one of the nights too. So stay in tune for that because uh, I don't think I've ever told him before, but Dakota is one of my favorite people to listen to. And I always learn, I always learn a lot of things from him whenever he teaches. So it's one of, uh, one of my favorite people to listen to and sit under when he's teaching. So thank you for that, Dakota, and being obedient to what God, uh, what God told you to share because that was really, really good. That was really good. And it sets me up nicely for what uh, we have tonight. So um, I just want to do like a quick like two-minute recap um, of what we've been talking about in healing school for those of you guys that haven't been here. Um, we talked a little bit at the very beginning about God's will when it comes to healing. You guys are familiar with that too. We asked the question, is it God's will to heal? Do we believe that according to the word of God, God is a healing God? Amen. 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 He is God, I am, Jehovah Rapha, as in the Lord who is my healer. Or according to the Hebrew there, the Lord who is currently restoring you. Lord, who is currently, this very moment, healing you, right? Amen. So we talked about how we can know the will of God in Ephesians 5.17. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Hebrews 10.36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And that's a really good thing for what we're talking about tonight. Um, It says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. When you do what the will of God is, the promise comes along and meets you there. That's really important that you understand that. We talked about how we find the will of God. We find it in the word of God and also in the life of Jesus. That's really important. Jesus never made anyone sick. Amen? Amen. Never made anyone sick. Never left anybody sick when they wanted healing in their body. He always said, I will. He said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And he said, I only see what I see the Father doing. 
So God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who is healing you, and Jesus is the walking out of that. And like Dakota said, the Holy Spirit, when Jesus was laying hands on people, anointing people, the Holy Spirit was doing his work, restoring people to health. Because Jesus operated fully as a man here on the earth. And that's an important thing to understand. Because if Jesus was operating as God, we can't do the same things that he did. Because I am not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm I'm not the God who created the universe. I have him living inside of me. It says that Jesus operated as a man, empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? right? And it says that if we say that we have relationship with him, if we say that we are one with him, then we should live the exact same way that he lives, according right. to 1 John chapter 2. If, God, if, if Jesus came and operated as God, we couldn't follow his life. We'd be like, wow, that's amazing that he did that. I wish, you know, like, I, wish I had some of that. We do have that. Because the same spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the same spirit who raised yeah who raised Lazarus from the dead, the same spirit who cleansed lepers, who cast out demons, just like my shirt says, (laughs) the same one who healed the sick lives inside of me. So I carry something greater than who I am. I carry who he is. Amen? So we talked about part two um, of that, is physical healing the will of God? Is it possible that when I die, that's God mercifully healing me? No. God wants you to have healing in your body right now. Psalm 103 says, God heals all of your diseases. We talked about the benefits there. It doesn't say a benefit. It says benefits. There's multiple benefits to the sacrifice of Jesus. The the forgiving of your sins, healing all of your diseases. There's so many different benefits to Jesus. Lesson number two, we talked about faith working by love. It's really, really important that you understand this. Galatians says this. In, uh, I think it's 5.6. Yeah, Galatians 5.6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything, but faith which works through love. The fuel to your faith is love. And if your love walk is struggling, your faith walk will be struggling as well. Amen. So we talked about that a little bit as well, that faith works by love. Lesson three, we talked about the authority of the believer. Authority is a delegated power to determine to settle issues or disputes, to command or determine. And when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, now you go and make disciples of all nations. Did you guys know that God wants us to disciple nations? God doesn't want us just to disciple people. God wants us to disciple nations. God wants to establish heaven on earth. What is God's desire for a nation? That's something that I've been praying recently for Breckenridge. What is, God's, what is God's desire for Breckenridge? What is God's original intent for Breckenridge? St. Louis, the state of Michigan. What would it look like if God had his will being done in the state of Michigan? What would it be like if God was discipling the United States? What would it look like if our nation looked like the nation of Israel, where it says there wasn't one sick or feeble among them, that they came out of Egypt with wealth and with gold? Yeah. What would it look like if our nation came under the authority of Jesus in every possible way. From the Atlantic to the Pacific, what would it look like if we discipled our nation? What would it look like if we discipled the nations of the world? We have a lot of people doing that. We have people from Heidi Baker over in Mozambique taking the orphans that have been thrown out into the streets, educating them and training them and teaching them about the Spirit of God, raising up a generation that's gonna change our nation. We have the Beamers who are working in North Africa we have the pickets working in the Middle East who are changing the culture of places that they are in to bring it into the culture of heaven. Amen. In the culture of heaven, sickness is outlawed. Mm-hmm. 
disease is outlawed. Those things are not okay. So that's one thing that I would ask you just to think about is what it will look like if God discipled a nation, not just people. Got to think big picture here. Because God doesn't want just, God wants, God wants so much more than just, than just a little thing. God wants the entire world. God's, God's view isn't small. Make disciples of all nations, including the nations that we don't necessarily like or don't like us. Amen. So we talked about that authority, that when we command the enemy to come out of someone's body, it has to obey. And we talked about this as well, that the root cause of all sickness is the devil. The root cause of all sickness. Because you look in the Bible and it says that Jesus went about destroying the works of the devil. He said, that's my sole mission on earth, is to destroy the works of the devil. And I would put it to you like this tonight, as we're thinking about it. The mark that sin leaves on your body is sickness. The mark that sin leaves on your body is sickness. The mark that sin leaves on your spirit is death, spiritual death, separation from God. The mark that sin leaves on your mind, your will and your emotions, fear, anxiety, worry, depression, sin marks people. So here's the thing. When Jesus delivered me from sin, he set me free, raised my spirit back to life, and put the Holy Spirit inside of me. Yeah. When Jesus gave me that benefit, he didn't leave out my body. Right. Me allowing sickness in my body is to deny Jesus what he, the full thing of what he paid for. Right. He paid for the entire thing to be cleansed. Yeah. Jesus didn't pay for a partial cleansing of me. Jesus paid for a full cleansing of me. So the mark of sin in my body is sickness. If I'm carrying around things that say, this is evidence of what happened, of who you were in the past, right? One of my, one of my favorite ministers is a guy named Todd White. He talks about um, some, some healings that have happened recently in his ministry with STDs. And he said, what happens is these people come to me and they have herpes and they have all these different things and they're like, I did this to myself. So this is just my consequence. And he said, if God delivered you and if God saved you, why wouldn't he clean up any evidence He's going to clean up every bit of evidence of who you were because that's not who you are anymore. That person's dead. And he's seen people healed from sexually transmitted diseases, people that were in promiscuous relationships and adultery and things like that and developed these diseases. And I love the perspective that he has of it too is because that is reminding you of who you were. God wants to show you who you really are, which is clean, cleansed, whole. God wants, God wants purity for the entire man. God wants healing and health for the entire man. God doesn't want a portion of your life to be suffering. It, it, it's just, it's insane because there's, there's so many things that we, just, that we just allow to happen or that we take on as our identity. One, one thing that God's really been dealing with me about recently is developmental issues in children. Can God heal autism? Can God heal autism? Yes, he can. When, and this is, and I'm not trying to, I have to be really careful right here when I'm saying this because I know there's a lot of people that are dealing with autistic children and we even have like some of that here near and dear to our hearts as well. What is God's original intent for that child? God's original intent for that child is not for that child to be disabled in a certain way or to be unable to socially interact with other people. God's desire is for that child to be able to function perfectly 100% in every area of their life. So if we take this child and then we say, well, that child is just autistic, well, that child is just this way, it's no different than me taking a child in a wheelchair and saying, well, this child is just that way. This is just his identity. His little Bobby can't walk. So he's going to have to learn to deal with that and maneuver that situation for the rest of his life. Well, little Susie has autism, so she's just going to have to learn how to maneuver that for the rest of her life. 
Chemical imbalances in your brain, God can heal. Things that didn't develop properly in your brain, God can heal. I mentioned it before. There was a little girl at this church whose, whose brain, whose, sorry, whose skull had stopped growing. Like her brain kept on growing, but her skull wasn't growing. And the mother was like, this is not good because like, this could be potentially, like, it could potentially be fatal. So my wife and I pray for her and her skull starts growing again. The doctors are like, we don't know what's going on, but her skull, the bones are literally growing again when they had stopped. God wants you healed. And the truth about it, God wants you healed more than you want yourself healed. Amen. Yeah. I cannot stand seeing my kids sick. And if my love for my kids is evil compared to God's love for me, not that, I, not that, me, like, not that my love is evil for them, but on the comparison of this is where my love is and this is where God's love is, my love is almost like, it's, it's as if I don't even love my kids compared to how much God loves me. God, can't, God won't allow you to do that unless you're agreeing with the enemy. Right? Because the book of Proverbs says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. In Proverbs 18.21, it says that. Proverbs 18.21. We're going to talk tonight about the words that you're speaking and the things that you're meditating. What are you saying over yourself? And what are you saying about yourself? What are you saying? Are you speaking life? Are you speaking health? Are you speaking cursing? Are you speaking death? It's so easy to get into this because you realize what the devil does, right? The devil tries to manipulate and tries to trick people. Yeah. I had a conversation with somebody that I know that I've been, I've been, I've been working on this guy. And he's, he's a friend of mine, and you might know who he is, so I don't want to say names or anything like that. He, um, I was talking to him a little while ago, and he was telling me about a new show that he was watching on Netflix called Lucifer. And I was like, you're watching a show called Lucifer? And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And he's like, well, do you think that the devil's just misunderstood? And I was like, what? He's like, do you think the devil's just, he's really not bad. He's just misunderstood. And I was like, what? What? Excuse me? And he's like, no, 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 hear me out for a second. I was like, I don't want to hear you out, but I will hear you out. And he's like, well, in the show, you know, really well, what happens, and it's this total blasphemy. He said, in the show, the devil is God's son who just enforces the will of God on the earth and punishes people. I almost said, what? And he's like, you know, maybe, maybe that's just who the devil really is. And I said, are you kidding me? That's such, that's such demonic. I, oh, that makes me angry. That's such demonic influence to take, to take a show and to, and to say, and to try to put the devil in Jesus' place and say, well, Jesus isn't God's son. The devil is really God's son. And he's just, mis he's not, he doesn't want to take people to hell. He just wants to punish people. Are you kidding me? Talk about blasphemous stuff. I'm sorry, like that just makes me so mad. And so I was talking to him because I, I wasn't mad at him because he is, he is really young in this kind of stuff and he just doesn't understand it. He likes it because it's a crime show. And I was like, dude, that's not who the devil is. And I started explaining it to him. I said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil's not misunderstood. I said, if I were the devil, I would be doing exactly this kind of thing. Because if, if you understand like where the devil thrives is this. He tries to get, he tries to get two things to happen. The devil either doesn't want you to believe that he exists or he wants you to misunderstand who he is. Because if the devil can get you to think that he doesn't exist, then everything that happens is God's fault. And if the devil's just misunderstood, well, it's not actually him. It must be God. Or it must be just something else. It must just be uh, whatever, bad luck. It must just be whatever, karma. All these other things that we name that are actually the devil at work. And what he does is he doesn't want to be seen by people. What he does, he's a, little, he's a little snake in the grass trying to bite people and then blame it on God. You look at it in the Garden of Eden, and it's totally true. It, it bears witness there. The, the, the devil comes slithering up to Eve. Has God really said? 
the very first attack that the devil ever brought against Adam and Eve was, you can't hear God's voice. Uh-huh. Are, are you sure God really said that? Did you really hear God say that? Are you sure? Wow. And if you did hear God say that, are you sure you really understood what he was saying? Wow. Has God really said you should not eat of this tree? And he was like, well, you know, we shouldn't even touch the tree. That's not what God said. Mm-hmm. So his questioning her caused her to question what God said. Exactly. Wow. The That's devil funny. questioning Eve. Did God really say that? And if you think he did say that, are you sure that's what he meant? Twisting what the word of God says, causing you to question, and trying to rock your foundation on what the word of God says. Has God really said that you are the healed of the Lord? Has God really said that by his stripes you are healed? Has God really? It's the same attack he did against Jesus. Turn these stones into bread. Throw yourself off the temple. Bow down and worship me. It's all the same plot, all the same ploy. It's ridiculous because what, what the devil's trying to do is the devil's trying to get these things. He's trying to take the focus off. Death and life isn't in the power of your tongue. It's really in God's sovereignty. So it doesn't matter what you say. Taking the law of speaking in faith and receiving and turning it into the sovereign will of God. So I can just say whatever I want and it doesn't really matter. You know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Wrong. Wrong. Your words can kill you. <laughs> and exactly, your silence can kill you. Yeah. Miss Leanne actually used to say that in prayer and healing school. She said, a silent Christian is a dead Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A silent Christian is a dead Christian. Yeah. Do you guys understand how powerful the meditation of your words are? Turn to Mark chapter 11. Everybody who went to Rama knows where I'm going here, mm-hmm. so it's no surprise. Mark chapter 11. <laughs> We're going to read something real quick, and I want you to understand this, because I want you to see the positive and negative aspect of this, and I know this is foundational for some of us, but we need to look at this because we have to start speaking different. And that's the thing that God has been hammering over and over tonight. What are you saying over your body? What are you saying over your spouse? Are you blessing or cursing your spouse? What are you saying about your child? My child never listens. My child is such a bad kid. My child never is going to learn. I want to be careful about that. Because when I pray over my kids... Josie is patient. Josie is kind. Josie endures long. Josie never keeps a record of wrongdoing. I pray that over my kids when they go to bed. And over Theo, I take his little hand and I say, Theo is patient. Theo is kind. And then I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray over Theo. I say, Theo, you hear God's voice. And the voice of another you will not follow. You always know what to do. You always know where to go. God has good plans for you. And I pray those things over my kids because my words are putting a foundation in my children. That is going to grow and bloom into something incredible. I already know what's going to happen with my kids. Like, Josie already has prophetic dreams. Like, she has, she'll wake up and tell mommy, 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 I dreamed about so-and-so, and this was happening. And Michael will call that person, and like, yeah, this is happening. Josie already gets, like, words of knowledge for people. That, and it's just, like, crazy stuff. Like, she ran over to a lady and asked her about a sickness that she was dealing with. And she was like, yeah, like, I'm sick. And Josie's like, well, I will pray with you, and Jesus will heal you. So she prayed for the lady right there. And I was just like, I was a little bit nervous about it because I'm like, I don't know this lady. I don't know what's going on. And Josie just, like, runs over there. And I, I turn my back for a second. And I turn around. And she's just, like, taking off, like, after this lady. I'm like, ah, Josie, come back. And then when I get over there, she's praying for the lady. I was like, This is good. This is good. (laughs) This is practicing because it's a little bit nerve-wracking for me. But that's what I want. That's what I've been praying for. Because I want to see my kids go way farther than I ever do. Mark 11, chapter 
11, verse 22. We'll start there. And Jesus answers them, because this is the story of the fig tree. If you guys aren't familiar, long story short, Jesus walks by a fig tree. It doesn't have fruit. It should, apparently, is it? It should have fruit at that yes. time, because it was a time of fruit. There's leaves. There's nothing there. It's out of order. It wasn't it wasn't time time. Time. But there was time. There, was, there shouldn't have been leaves, but there was leaves. Exactly. <laughs> it's, that's a little bit of confusing because I didn't, I didn't get to that part. I was just looking at the next part. <laughs> right here. All right. Uh, and at Rhema, they don't teach us anything before 2022, okay? So at Rhema, all they teach us is Mark 11, 22 through 25. There's actually nothing else in the chapter according to them. So anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's blasphemy. <laughs> Forgive me, God. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. This has been a weird night. And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree which had withered from the roots up. It didn't start from the leaves down. It started from the unseen and moved into the scene. Yeah. Right. That's powerful if you understand that. Yeah. The fig tree dried up from the roots, the unseen, moved into the scene. Amen. A lot of us are looking for the scene to move into the unseen. Right. Come on. What if it's the other way around? What if while we're speaking, those roots are starting to die, but then we empower them? This sickness is dying in my body. God, I thank you that I'm not sick. God, I thank you that I'm not sick. And that thing starts to die, and then all of a sudden we say, God, why haven't you healed me? Boop. Just strengthen that thing right back up. It goes from the unseen into the scene. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God. In the Greek, literally, it says, have God, God's faith. Or the God type of faith. The God kind of faith. Jesus answered to them and said, have the God kind of faith. Truly I say to you, whoever, I have this entire section marked, and you should probably mark it too. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that that which he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will happen. So take, think of this for instance, because this, this works positively and negatively. This is a double-edged sword right here. Because Proverbs 18.21 says that power of death and life is in the tongue. Not just life. The power of life is in the tongue. No, the power of death and life are in the tongue. This is a double-edged sword right here. Blessing and cursing. Yeah. Right? Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will happen to him, or will be granted to him. Whatever you say and believe is going to happen, is going to happen. Right. And people will fight you tooth and nail on this. Well, that, that's just part of the blab it and grab it. That's just part of the, of the name it and proclaim it, and it's mine. It's, okay, I'd rather be the... You know, doubt, I'd rather be that than the doubt it and go without it, as Keith Moore says. <laughs> I'd rather be a blab it and grab it than a doubt it and go without it. <laughs> if the word of God says that's the way that this law works of speaking and receiving, then I have to make sure that I'm not violating this law and pointing my finger at God and shaking my finger at God and saying, what, what are you doing to me? It's, it's wrong for me to be breaking this law right here, speaking over my body. Well, I'm just not healed. Well, I guess I'm sick. If the Bible says, if you, if you say, whatever you say is going to happen, it will happen to you if you don't doubt in your heart. So if I believe that I'm sick and I'm speaking that I'm sick, I'm going to stay sick. Yes. Right. As simple as that. Because right. it's, like it's like what one minister said. When I believe the lie, I empower the liar. Yeah. 
When I believe the lie, I empower the liar. Satan can't defeat me unless I start agreeing with him. Satan cannot defeat you unless you start agreeing and speaking it out. Why? Because I I have authority over my own body. So if the devil can slither up to me and whisper, hey, 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 because the devil didn't shove the apple in Eve's mouth and start making her chew. Yeah, Eve, <laughs> you sinned now. The devil slid it up to Eve and said, hey, you do it. You take the bite. And what he's telling you to do is, hey, you take the bite. You start speaking over your body. Well, I guess I'm not really healed. I guess I just don't hear God's voice. That was something I used to say over and over again in my life. For years I would say that. God, I just can't hear your voice. God, I just can't. I don't know why I can't hear you. I don't know what's wrong with me. You're just going to have to do something and fix me. I just can't hear you. God, I don't know why. I don't know why I can't hear God, I can't get any direction for my life. God, this is awful. I'm just like stumbling around blind right here. Years and years I would say that. And then a switch happened in me when I heard John 14, 17. <laughs> that verse, that's what, that Mark 11, you know, changed my life at Rima. John 14, 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him and does not know him, but you know him. Amen. And, I, and it happened. Yeah. I was like, I know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I know the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but I don't, think, I, don't feel like I, I don't feel like I'm hearing his voice. I don't care what I feel. I know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I'd go to bed and I would start speaking that over my life. Thank you, God. I know your voice. And then that thing, you don't know God's voice. I thank you, God, that that I, I know your voice. I thank you, God, that I know your voice. You don't know God's voice. Shut up. <laughs> I thank you, God, that I know your voice. Yeah. And I would say it over and over again until it actually hit me. Yeah. I know God's voice. <clears throat> I was working in a restaurant one night, and a lady walked by me, and I heard, I had this thought go through my head. That lady's having problems in her left, in her left leg and in her hip. Over there washing tables. I'm just like, that's the weirdest thought ever. <laughs> she went to the bathroom. <laughs> and while she was in the bathroom, I was like, wait, I know the voice of God. That must have been God speaking to me. Yeah. I said, like, I'm going to pray for her when she comes back out. And I saw her walk out of the bathroom like, I'm not going to pray for her. I'm not going to pray for her. <laughs> so I'm just over there washing tables, just kind of staring at her like Michael was telling her. Like, it's one of those moments where you're just like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, what's up? And she's just like looking at you. It's like, what is up with this kid? All right. And I'm just like, I'm just going to take a shot. I'm just going to do it. One minister said one time, the way you spell faith is R-I-S-K. You spell faith, risk. Because until you actually step out and start doing what God's word says, that's the difference. I can tell what somebody believes. By, not because of the things that they say, but because of the way that they live their life. Yeah. If you don't have revelation of something, it will not affect your day-to-day life. Right. Right. You can tell me until you're blue in the face. Well, I believe that God's a healer. Well, I believe that God's, I believe that God's a healer. If I, don't see, if I don't see you walking that, and I'm not trying to sound judgmental here, because this is an area that I'm still growing in. I see people healed. In my restaurant today, a guy, a, there was a guy that, that broke one of his fingers, Right? And had like a full cast on it and everything like that too. And was up at the register and was paying me money. And I was like, dude, what happened to your finger? And he's like, oh, I broke it. I was like doing some stuff and I just like twisted it. I broke it. It's it's awful. And I was like, dude, let me pray for you. And his wife and kids were all standing there at the counter. Why? Because I believe that God is a healer. Because I have revelation that God is a healer. 
What, what, what makes me nervous is not, when, is not when people don't believe in healing because I can present you the word of God and I can show you the word of God and faith will rise in your heart. What makes me concerned is when people believe in healing but refuse to walk it out. Yeah. Right. That's what concerns me because evidently there's, a, there's it's called the revelation gap. Yeah. It's the, the revelation gap is, is the difference between what you believe in your heart and what you live in your life. The revelation gap is what you believe inside and what you do outside. Until revelation bridges the gap, the two of them are going to be disconnected. Right. Until, until I get revelation, what I believe is going to stay inside and not touch the outside. Right. Revelation connects the two. Yeah. When, I, when I understand God actually is who he says he is, yeah. then my life will then change. Right. Because if there's questions and I don't have full revelation of it, I'm going to go, I think I could pray for that person, but I don't know if they will be healed. But when I get to the point of, I'm going to pray for this person, and if I heal, see them healed instantly, amazing. If I don't see them healed instantly, I know that they're going to get better as they walk away. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't care what the initial result looks like. Right. The, the guy didn't rip the thing off of his finger and start waving his hand around praising Jesus. <laughs> right. My hand felt like an inferno on his hand. All right, so I, play, I put my hand on his hand, and I don't always feel things, but my hand got really, really hot wow. as I was praying for his finger. Okay, so even though he didn't take that cast off and start like throwing it around, that doesn't bother me because the command of faith was given, the mountain is going to move. If I do not doubt what I say is going to happen, but what I said is going to happen, it will happen. If I believe in my heart and then I say it because faith is released through speaking. Faith isn't released through knowledge. Faith is released through speaking. The action. Faith without works is dead. What is the work of my faith? The work of my faith is then speaking it out. Because right. it doesn't say, whoever will think in his heart. Right. Come on. Whoever thinks to this mountain, I really think that mountain should get up and move. I really think that mountain should get up. I really feel like that mountain should get up and move. I really feel like that mountain should get up. No. It's, it's, I get that this is super simple, but... We have to understand, again about, again, about the revelation gap here. Yeah. Until I start speaking, I maybe don't have the revelation that I say I do. Right. Right. And until I start acting, I maybe don't have the revelation that I think I do. Right. When the supernatural becomes a normal thing in my life, I have begun to walk a normal Christian life. When the supernatural becomes an everyday occurrence to me, and I'm not saying you go raise somebody from the dead every single day. If you do, awesome. You must work in a graveyard or a morgue. (laughs) Awesome. When the supernatural becomes a normal occurrence in my life, I have begun to walk a normal Christian life. What does that mean? That means that I give hope to someone who doesn't have hope. I'm able to deliver a word to someone who needs a word because the the, the healing thing isn't the end-all, be-all. All right, I'm not trying to exalt healing above anything else. God's primary concern is someone's eternity. Right. God wants them to be born again. Right. right? But sometimes healing is what it takes to get that person to not think that God is an awful person, but to get them to believe that God is who he says he is. So what happens is the goodness of God leads them to repentance. And I am the opportunity for someone to encounter the goodness of God every single day of my life. So there's the person across the counter, and like Michael was saying before, I've had that happen, where I'm at my restaurant. I had this happen recently. There was a little girl that came in with cerebral palsy, and I was so sh- like shaken by what I saw, I froze, and I didn't even do anything. Because I saw her, and her legs were all twisted, 
And like, I've seen people get up out of wheelchairs and stuff like that. This girl was bad. This girl was really bad. And inside of my heart, there was this burning thing of, I think that she can be healed. But there was this thing, there was this fear that gripped me that was just like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this. Like, there's, I just, like, what if something happens? What if nothing happens? The parents are going to be mad. Like, I just, I can't do this. And I let the girl walk out of the restaurant. And I felt so guilty about it for the entire rest of the day because I was like, I missed it. And you know what God says in those instances to me? Because if I'm not careful, I can get really performance driven. God says to me, I love you just as much today as I did that other day when you prayed for that guy and saw him get instantly healed. When there was that lady in the restaurant that couldn't, that couldn't even walk normal, that walked in with a cane and walked out holding the cane. I love you just as much right now as I did then. There was some couple days at Jasper Engines when I worked in Indiana, I told you guys about before, I saw six or seven, eight people healed for like two or three weeks when I was really getting it, when I was really getting revelation of this. And I was, I was moving, it was so awesome, that whole thing is a testimony. They put me in different departments every single day. So I was around like 30 different new people every single day spending an hour or two with each, each person. So I'd be with, there with them and listening to their life story and getting to hear stuff and getting a word of God, a word for them or seeing something wrong in their body and then being able to pray for them and somebody was getting healed. And God said, I love you just as much that day as I do the day that you missed it. And for me, that was so hard because I'm like, God, that girl could have walked out of here if I just wouldn't have been a chicken. That's just the truth. But the problem is if I start condemning myself and if I start judging myself based off of my failures, I'm not going to have more successes. If I keep track of these are all the ways that I've failed God, not looking at the ways of this is who God has called me to be, this can be my new Christian life, this can be normal to me, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to move in, this, in the prophetic and the supernatural. Right. We have to be an encounter. We have to be an encounter. And I'm not saying that we walk around saying that we are Jesus. What I'm saying is you have to get revelation for yourself. You, have to, you can't write off my revelation. You can't write off of Dakota's revelation. You can't write off of Michael, Michael's revelation. We're not always going to be there. When it's the middle of the night and your kid's throwing up or when your back is spasming or when your, your leg feels like it's about to fall off, I'm not going to be there in your bedroom going, oh, Hikimo Shundai, ha-ha, Jesus. I'm not going to be there. You have to develop that for yourself. This isn't the Old Testament where God would just anoint the prophet, the king, and and the priest. And those were the only three people that could hear God and have the anointing of God. God changed it from the Old Testament system of just a few people get anointed to everybody gets anointed. Everybody can experience God. Everybody can lay hands on the sick. Everybody can meditate the word of God and begin to speak out the promises of God and see them happen. I don't have to go find a priest. I don't have to go find a prophet. I don't have to go sit under a king to experience God. I can experience God in my prayer closet. I can experience God at work. I can experience God while I'm giving my children dinner. I can experience God when I'm disciplining my children. I can have wisdom on the job to change something and to fix something. I can have the wisdom of God anywhere. Why? Because second, First Corinthians, I think it's 2, says that I have the mind of Christ. Yeah. So if I have the mind of Christ, I think differently. And when I encounter someone that's sick, I don't think, wow, that's sad. I think, it's your lucky day, right? Yeah. But the problem is we have to start walking that out. Yeah. And sometimes we have to push for it. For me, when I first saw my first person healed, I was shaking in my boots, and I don't even think I had, I had faith maybe the side of a mustard seed. That's about it. Like, it wasn't much more than that. It was about, it probably couldn't even see it. It was that small. When I saw that first person and I prayed for him, I'm like, I was trying it. 
I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't even in faith. It was the grace of God that that person got healed. All right? I wasn't even, I was just like, God, I'm going to test you in this. And he goes like, ooh. Like, if you know anything, like, ooh, don't test God. Ooh, yikes. But for me, I was just like this, it's, it's like a baby. Like, I had my little diaper on, and I was like, I'm going to go, like, make you proud, God. And I went over and prayed, and the person got healed. And that's when revelation began to grow in my life. Because I believed something, and then I acted on it. And that's when the revelation gap began to close for me. To where I believe now, and regardless of, of the things that I've missed, I don't, I don't focus on those. I say, God, give me another opportunity. Yeah. God, help me next time to be bold, yeah. to step yeah. out, to do it. Yeah. And not focus so much on my failures that I can't see the successes that have happened. Because if I lose track of the times that God has been faithful, the time that God has moved, the time that God has healed people, I'm going to lose all of my confidence in praying for people because I'm like, God, I failed you then, I failed you then. That person didn't get healed. That person didn't get healed. Instead of looking at the word of God saying, because the power of God sits in me, I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I thank you, God, that when I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. I thank you, God, that you've given me authority over the devil and all of his power, that he has no power over me and he has no power where your name is proclaimed. And if I start meditating that, that's going to become my normal reality in my life. So this week, what are we meditating on? What are we speaking and what are we saying over our bodies, over our spouse? That just keeps on coming back to me. Are you speaking blessing or cursing over your spouse? Well, they just don't learn. They just don't care about me. She has no respect for me. He doesn't love me. You might want to be careful saying that because you're in covenant with that person. And in covenant with that person, what you say matters. And what the devil wants to do is he wants to slither his little way in between your marriage and start to drive a wedge in it. And I've experienced that in my own marriage with Michael, and I'm not throwing stones at anybody. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying from firsthand experience, it's a very slippery slope once I start cursing my wife. Because then my mindset begins to change about her. If I start seeing all the areas that she maybe doesn't measure up to who I think she should be, then it's, why did I even marry her in the first place? Do I really need to stay married to her in the first place? You get all kinds of crazy thoughts that happen. When God has called the two of you to be a partner, to be, to be linked together, what God has brought together, let no man separate. And I say let no devil separate either. Amen. Amen. So speak blessing over your spouse. Speak blessing over yourself. Blessing over your kids. My kids are obedient. My kids are loving. My kids are patient. My spouse is patient. My spouse is loving. <laughs> oh, man, that just got really, that got really awkward all of a sudden. <laughs> Got spouses laughing at each other in the middle. Oh man, okay. So, as always, we'll have the information uh, in this class session up um, for you guys soon. Uh, once Greg gets that all finished, uh, that'll be on Amazing Grace Facebook page and also Holy Fire Ministries USA at Facebook.com. Uh, we'll also have some up there once we can uh, have Greg help out too. So, and uh, once he has a little bit of time to get that all taken care of. So, um, be blessed. I'm not going to pray because it's four minutes after nine, and I promised Dakota he'd be out by nine. So <laughs> you guys have a good night. <laughs>